What's going on, traders? Yes, we are live from the Benzinga headquarters right here, Detroit, Michigan. Zinger Nation, let us know what's going on. Gives us a thumbs up, and I got my man, finally, the brains, the one and only Chris Ketchy. What's going on, man? What's going on, Mitch? Yeah, guys, this is live. This isn't an illusion. I mean, we're we're right here side by side. It's first, first time over a year. This is the event, a year in the making for SPACs Attack. So hopefully everyone's here. Go ahead, smash like on this video. I mean, talk about a, a great episode. You got Mitch and Chris live, Benzinga headquarters, downtown Detroit. Hey, it looks like we even got me, Kevin, coming in. We, we, the governor, the governor, the future governor himself. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't know if I can rock the suit as well as Kevin, but I will try to do my best and and go ahead and and let's get this party started. Let's start Spax Attack. You guys know the one and only. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. What's going on, traders? Yes, I'm so happy to have my Chrisopedia right next to me. It's like having an encyclopedia. And Chris, I'm excited to get into the headlines. But first, how was your trip over? Did you enjoy getting on over here? You know, I did. Uh, you know, I live a couple hours away. Uh, you know, I left early this morning and traffic still was a little rough, but I made it. We made it in time for the show to begin. Um, you know, I also have headlines ready to go, and we've got an exciting interview coming up on the show today, too, Mitch. So, uh, again, viewers out there, you know, smash that like. You know, we've got a normal SPACs attack show, but it's it's above normal, right? Because you got Mitch and Chris in the house together, um, you know, for the first time ever. So, this is definitely an episode not to miss. Hey, like Powell says, this is bigger than the X Men and <laughs> Avengers collab. I, I, I love the look there. Like always, guys, you guys can do us a favor by hitting the share button. Let everybody know this is the best SPACs attack show because it's the only one, the one that is every single day. And like always, we get through the headlines, the top stories of the day, and then we're going to get into an interview. We got money line on today, so get tuned and set for that. First thing, like always, we get into some headlines. So, Chris, for the first time ever, can you take me back, man? Like literally, <laughs> just take me back. All right, guys. Yeah, so starting with headlines today, up first, we have SFTW. That merger was approved with Black Sky. Remember, this is the satellite company. Recently got backing from Palantir. Uh, so 21.4 million shares redeemed. That's 67.6%. So recently we've seen, you know, a lot of these SPAC redemption rates around 80 to 90%, but only 67% here. Um, you know, obviously higher than the company would like, but I, I think this shows signs of strength. Um, post-merger here that people like this company. So keep an eye out, SFTW. Then we do have some uh, analyst notes. We have HYZN, so Hyzon Motors shares. JP Morgan initiated coverage with an overweight rating and an $18 price target. We also have Holly, H-L-L-Y, Truist Securities initiated coverage with a buy rating and a price target of $15. And then the big one that I'm sure a lot of people out there are excited about, we have Lucid Motors, LCID, uh, Citigroup initiating coverage with a buy rating and a $28 price target. Um, you know, obviously Lucid has a lot of attention from retail traders, but now getting the analyst note as well here. So definitely something to, to keep an eye on here. And then, I Mitch, we've got Genie, right? Genius Sports, G-E-N-I, one that we've been talking about on the show for months. They're going to provide official data and fan engagement solutions to Penn's 
Barstool Sportsbook. How about that deal, Mitch? I mean, uh, Barstool, definitely one of the bigger brands out there, and they're going to get a piece of the genius data. What do you think? Hey, like always, I mean, uh, one thing I've noticed is that Genie has done the right moves, going to the league first and then going to the sportsbook providers. I think this is what really gave them the advantage. We've talked about the NFL data and how that was going to be very important for Genie. And as we've been seeing, the deals have been coming. And a lot of that is based majority on that NFL data. So I'll, I'll be looking for continued deals. I mean, there's more sports books out there and they're probably going to be wanting the data. Yeah. I mean, Mitch, didn't we say this yesterday, right? When we were talking about FanDuel and we said, Hey, NFL season starts tomorrow. Well, guess what, guys? NFL season starts tonight, and Barstool Sportsbook, they they took it down to the wire, right? But ultimately, they got a deal signed with Genius the day that the NFL season kicks off. So I would expect more deals, like Mitch said, to, to follow either later today or going into the weekend and Monday. I mean, this is week one. You do not want to miss out on those potential bets for your customers. Then we have Blade, B-L-D-E, so Blade Air Mobility. Uh, they announced an acquisition today acquiring Trinity Air Medical, $23 million and also potential uh, payouts. Uh, this is an interesting one, right? Uh, you know, Mitch, we've talked about these electric vertical takeoff and landing, and really they're, they're all focused on, you know, kind of taxing people in the future, right? Uh, you know, with traffic congestion. Um, but now getting into, uh, you know, the air medical side, I think this is a strong acquisition because it could diversify their revenue stream going forward. What do you think of Blade here? Well, I, I got to be honest, I'm actually long Blade right now. Um, so it, I, I think I saw this news <laughs> and, and it definitely did excite me. One thing we have been seeing is, is a couple SPACs making big moves on up today. We'll talk a little bit about those. But Blade definitely made a nice shoot on up. It started the day below 950, making a move above 1010. We'll see if it's able to close at the end of the day above that $10 level. You know how it's important for me, Chris. So we'll see if we're able to close there. Definitely. We'll keep an eye on Blade throughout the show. Then we have Berkshire Gray, BGRY. Um, so they announced that they partnered with a Fortune 100 e-commerce company to provide those next generation warehouse robotics. So no company named in this, um, but obviously with it being a Fortune 100, I mean, you, you can narrow it down some. And, and remember, this is a company that's working on those warehouse robotics. And with the growth of e-commerce, so important to get some of these deals signed. So uh, keep an eye out, BGRY. Then we have GSAH, which recently announced a, a SPAC deal for Mirion. This is the, the nuclear power deal that got, you know, it, it sold off on the news, but now it's starting to get a lot of attention. They announced full year revenue, $612 million. That was up 28% year over year. And they reiterated their guidance. So GSAH, again, it's not, you know, one of those names that stands out like an electric vehicle or LIDAR, but this is one that should be getting some eyes on it. And we did have big moves, as Mitch mentioned, with some of these despacked, right? The low float names, high redemption. So some of the big movers yesterday, Hellbiz, HLBZ, and Effector, EFTR. We'll take a look at on the watch list, uh, many of those despacked names trading higher. And then, Mitch, we do have some news out that uh, earlier today, the SEC started a meeting. And among the items on the docket today from Gary Gensler is SPAC. So, I don't know, Mitch, what do you think? Do we do we see any changes being announced over the next couple of days or you think this is just the uh, setting the table bar here? 
Well, uh, I've kind of talked about with you what I would love to see in the SPAC industry, which is updated guidance being put out on, let's say, maybe even a six months kind of notice, because I think that's what really needs to be done here is that they're giving out guidance so far in advance that what we need is an update from these companies to show us how they're going and meeting expectations or not meeting expectations, because this is the most important thing, right? If we're going to talk about future revenues, yeah, anyone can give out big numbers. But what we want to see is you reaching every level, every milestone along the way. I think this is what's really important. And if the SEC is listening, Gary, that's what I, that's what I would be asking for. Uh, some updated guidance on a more regular basis, not just earnings. I want to see kind of more a required update, maybe even presentation decks being changed as you get those new numbers. Yeah, the one big change I've always called for on the presentations, right, and the, the press releases is when the press release comes out, I think it should spell out how who's going to own what percent, right? That's something you usually have to dig in the investor presentation to find out, hey, you know, public shareholders are getting 20%, the pipe investors are getting 10%, the founders are going to own, you know, 70%. So I would really like to see some, uh, you know, disclosure there instead of having to comb through the presentation. Let's get it in the press release. Let's let public investors know exactly how much of the company, um, you know, is going to be owned by the current SPAC shareholders. So that's something I'm looking forward to um, on the on the list. Um and then we do have a new uh, merger vote date set for SPFR, September 28th, the date on that. And we do have a deal vote today, RICE. I mean, Mitch Rice, that's, that's been Rice. a strong performer, right? This is a natural gas play merging two companies together. They have one of the largest natural gas um, plants being built in the U.S. I mean, this thing, when the deal was announced, it, it took off and it really hasn't looked back. I mean, I, I don't expect... Any redemptions, but Mitch, we always see it, right? Someone ends up accidentally redeeming their shares at net asset value ten dollars. When what are what are we trading at right now? We're I mean seventeen seventeen dollars, guys. So hopefully no one does it, but it always ends up happening. But you know, I wouldn't be selling my seventeen dollars shares for net asset value of ten dollars plus interest right now. But keep an eye out, RIC, Mitch. This is one I could see getting some strong analyst notes right away. It's in that energy sector, um, and I think it could be a leader going forward. Definitely, without a doubt. I, I, we've always kind of looked at this name and realized, I mean, ever since that gap up that we got from the deal announcement, it hasn't even gotten close to turning away from it. Um, so I definitely like this one. I definitely see investors going sideways. One thing I will point out is the daily volume is completely almost gone, like non-existent. So wait for that daily volume to really kind of lead us in the direction of a breakout or a breakdown. That's what I'd be paying attention to in Rice. Awesome. And then we have DMYI. So this is the uh, SPAC taking IonQ public, right? So we got some news out today. This is the quantum computing company. They announced that they're tripling their expectation for 2021 total contract booking. So previous target, $5 million. The new target, $15 million. 
Wow. I mean, Mitch, triple, right? And this is one where, you know, we interviewed Peter. We also talked to, you know, our, our friend of the show, Niccolo Damasi, right, from DMY. Um, you know, this is a quantum computing company, and, and they're working with Fortune 500 companies. They're, you know, integrated with some of these big software platforms. And I really didn't expect them to have, you know, that kind of revenue for a couple of years out. So uh, I like seeing 2021 bookings are now going to be $15 million. I mean, that's some pretty strong update from the company. What, what do you think, Mitch? Yeah, you know, one thing I, I've been looking at is trying to get some like perspective uh, just in quantum computing, like how fast are we going to adopt this? And is it really something that's going to be maybe is it next year? Is it in the next three years or in the next five years? I think this just shows you that, you know, the contract bookings are definitely lining up and that's just only going to help get that speed faster and faster, that adoption rate. Let's see what happens in the next couple of months to see if we really start seeing more and more contract bookings here for DMYI. Perfect. And then I think we do have two deals to talk about here, Mitch. Um, let's see. What do we got? We've got HTPA. So HTPA announced a deal with Packable. I, I was not familiar with this company. Packable is a leading technology-led e-commerce marketplace enablement platform. You know, you just heard me talk about e-commerce, how important it was. So the combined company, a pro forma enterprise value, $1.55 billion. They had a $180 million oversubscribed and upsized pipe. That's something we haven't seen in a while in these SPAC deals. Fidelity among the investors. Um, you know, th this is an interesting one, right? E-commerce marketplace enablement platform. I think we're seeing a ton of retailers, right? They need to get that e-commerce in place. And it looks like Packable may be one of the companies that helps that happen. Um, so this is one to definitely keep an eye on. And then we do have a second deal here. Um, we've got Energy Vault. So this is NXU. So Energy Vault. Uh, the investors here include SoftBank Group and also uh, Aramco, one of the largest uh, companies in the world, an oil company, right? So Energy Vault was founded by Bill Gross. So not Bill Gross from PIMCO, but Bill Gross from the energy sector. He currently leads Idea Lab and is the CEO of Heliogen, which you remember recently announced a SPAC merger with Athena Technology Acquisition Corp, ATHN. $100 million pipe for the SPAC includes investments from SoftBank, who was already an investor, uh, CMEX, the cement company, and Mitch, surprise, surprise, Palantir Technologies. So Palantir what? getting in on the pipe on this one. I mean, this this brings their total up to, I think, 16 now. Um, so Energy Vault, founded in 2017, they use a gravity-based grid-scale energy storage system. So a block tower system, they store and release renewable energy. They use artificial intelligence and proprietary software for that energy storage solution. So they're seeking to change the renewable energy market by providing energy regardless of the current weather conditions. I think that's pretty important, right? In renewable energy, you're not always going to have that perfect sunlight, right, to capture that solar energy. So they have technology that can maybe get around that. Um, they they are it's zero dollars in revenue this year but going forward i mean we already jump up to 148 million dollars in expected revenue in 2022 and they do see customer deployments happening in the uh, fourth quarter of 2021 so we could get some updates later on this year from the company 
Um, you know, so definitely one to keep an eye out. So Mitch, we, we only got, I think, one deal announced last week. This week was rather quiet, and now we have two deals announced today. So uh, there, there's a lot to talk about. We also got some big movers out there in DSPAC land, too. So, uh, But that's what I've got for headlines. Uh, as you can see, there's a lot there. And I mean, we've been seeing some monster moves this morning. Uh, I'm going to really quickly go to the watch list here so that we can talk about them. Uh, and then we'll get towards our interview. Like always, guys, smash a like and let's get into our watch list. All right, guys, let's go ahead. Let's talk about these big movers. Looks like we got OPAD leading right now. OPAD is up about 30%, and it's still pushing, guys. We actually talked about this one when it got halted at 1397 there, right right before kind of uh, 1020. We were talking about this one on live trading, Chris. And, man, this one has made a rip today. It actually went towards a low today. I think at 11.07, I think that's our low for today. And now it's all the way up there towards 15, making a monster move today. What are you thinking? Yeah, you know, Mitch, we, we talked about this right when the deal was announced. This is a uh, online uh, real estate company. But Mitch, more importantly, keeping with the trend, right? We said, you know, SPNV was trading around $10, right? When it hit redemption. And I said, I could see this one getting heavy redemption. And you know, it, it wasn't a low float to begin with. I think the float was around 40 million shares. But when you have 75% of shares redeemed or 70%, whatever it was, I mean, Mitch, then your, your new float is right around 10, 10 million, right? So not necessarily low, low float, but it definitely shrinks that size. So it does not take much volume, right, to get those shares moving. So not a total surprise here to see shares moving higher today. Yeah, I know that a, a lot of people try to pay attention to this and, and try to look for catalysts. What's going on? What like Is there some news that should come out on OPAD? And really, I mean, what we've been seeing is these are kind of more just squeezes, right? Um, and, and and that's how you can kind of see them. If you can see them, the, also the price action, it shows you that squeezing action. Um, that's why you get those big rips with big volume. The question is, can one of these kind of hold their rip? We've seen them all all kind of turn away after they've made these big moves on up. Now we're looking to see if any of these can make a big move on up and stay up here. Uh, another big mover today is Rocket Lab. Did you see that one, Chris? I did. That one I actually saw right away, right? RKLB. I mean, you know how I love looking at those space stocks, right? And, and this is one, again, that really took off post-merger. And this one, you know, Mitch, I think wasn't necessarily the the redemption trade. I think this one is actually, you know, getting that new name, that new ticker, and really being a pure play on the space industry. I know a lot of people have looked for those space names. We also have some space ETFs out there. Maybe they're, uh, you know, sniffing around trying to add shares of Rocket Lab. It's something to definitely keep an eye out. One of the things I've noticed is that it did get some nice volume to really start coming back in it near that 11 o'clock hour it looks like they're watching SPACs attack but uh we'll, we'll see what happens here it's now pushing towards the high of the day as you guys can see it literally at this second trying to get through that high we'll see if it gets on up through the 940s the high of the day right now is 945 we'll see if it gets through that level all right that, that we'll do maybe one big mover one last one highs and motors we saw the price target of 18 
Now it's getting above that $10 level. We'll see if it's able to hold that $10 level today. What are you thinking about this one, Chris? Yeah, I mean, it looks like nice volumes coming in, obviously getting that analyst initiation. Um, you know, I think that's going to be the catalyst here. The big question is, you know, can the move sustain, right? This is a hydrogen play. Um, you know, there's a lot of hydrogen plays coming to market. So, you know, can Hyzon keep the lead here? It looks like the analyst is thinking yes, um, but we'll see what happens over the next couple of days. All right, that's going to do it for our watch list. Now we will be getting towards our interview today. If you guys have not heard about Moneyline or want to learn more, definitely stick around. This is coming up next. This is when we go ahead and unlock some SPAC. So let me know if you guys want to unlock this SPAC, and we'll get right to it. All right, guys. Yeah, super excited. Another exclusive here on SPACs Attack. So joining us on the show today, we have Dee Shubay, the CEO of Moneylion. That company is going public via SPAC merger with Fusion Acquisition Corp, ticker F-U-S-E-D. Welcome to SPACs Attack. Hey, guys. How are you? I'm doing great here. Uh, do you by any chance have a YouTube link open? Just want to make sure that we don't get too much of a, a background noise. Getting uh, no, I'm, it looks good for my end. I don't have a YouTube link open. All right. Just wanted to make sure on that end. I'll lower down our volume a little bit to maybe help that out. But let's go ahead and lock it out. Chris, I know, has some great questions to start off with. I'm going to let Chris lead here, and then I'll go ahead and I'll jump in again with some questions of my own. Awesome. awesome. So, D, one of the first questions we always like to start with on SPAC's attack is, you know, why the decision for Moneylion to go public via SPAC? And was a traditional IPO also considered by your company? Yeah, no, we looked at all options. Look, we we were a Series C venture backed company. We raised you know uh, just over two hundred thirty million dollars in the venture markets. So we were thinking about: do we do a Series D, or you know, do we go take the company public uh, through a SPAC transaction? Really, it was a very efficient way for us to raise capital, right? So we believe we've built the platform, the technology, and now we're going to quickly scale to tens of millions of users. And, you know, the efficiency of the SPAC transaction was in front of us. And really, we're going to be one of those stories where, you know, a majority of our value creation is going to be for the public market investors as opposed to the private markets. You know, you'll, you'll see, of course, you know, very big private companies that, that have made a lot of money for their, their venture back guys. You know, this is a unique opportunity where we believe that most of our value creation is going to be for public market investors. All right, so let's get right to it. The question that everyone wants to know, and if they don't know already, can you tell us more about what Moneyline is? And what's your mission? Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's a mission-driven company. We're here to create financial access for hardworking Americans, and we're really building a private bank for them, right? So it starts off with a digital bank, and it's one of the most uh, impressive and feature-rich digital banks, not only here in the States, but globally in terms of what consumers can do from a powerful um, you know, digital banking perspective. And then we graduate consumers into investing. We have a fully managed investment account. Uh, you've, you've probably seen earlier in the year that we launched crypto. Um, you know, we've got a couple of credit products. So this idea that the average American household has 10 months of excess every year and two to three months of deficit where they need to maybe borrow a little bit of money we're like their Chase private bank uh, for the 90 million strong American middle class, where we're allowing them to borrow against what they're investing, their good habits, and it's a full platform play that we've built. 
Awesome. So yeah, we'll dive into some some of those products that Money Lion offers, you know, a little bit later on. But one of the things that jumped out for me in the presentation, you know, we always look for, you know, proprietary items. So, you know, there's a mention of a proprietary technology stack. Can you tell us, you know, how Money Lion may differ from some competitors with that proprietary yeah. technology? Yeah, look, at the end of the day, we're competing with uh, the money center banks, right? So these are the capital ones, the Chases, the Wellses, the Citibanks of the world, right? So one of the big problems that they have is they have monolithic technology stacks. They've been put together over multiple years um, and they've been put together maybe through M&A. What we did was we started with a blank canvas and we built around the consumer. So our technology is all built in-house. It's part bank, it's part robo-advisor, it's part lender, it's a rewards company. We've bought a company called Wealth Technologies that allows us to uh, really use artificial intelligence to tell you what product you should use next. I think there are a lot of great companies that'll do individual products, but where we differentiate and where we shine is in our ability to tell the consumer what next to do with the dollar that comes in. Should I pay off high interest debt? Should I invest it into a managed account for retirement? Should I buy crypto with it? Or should I you know, buy a, a pair of sneakers with it, right? So that advice element, because we've built our own technology, um, is really interesting. We've seen over 40 million Americans come through our systems over the last eight years. 14 plus million bank accounts are connected to our platform. That data plus the technology gives us an unfair advantage really to go um, drive what we believe is the future of consumer advice, not just individual financial accounts or financial products. All right, so let's go ahead and take a look at your target customer here. I think it's very important to yeah. know who you who you really going after. It's actually right here in the market in your presentation here. Let's go ahead and let's scroll one up here. Our target market and explain us what this market is. Yeah, look, so you know, um, there's of course we know that there's a lot of uh, great financial products for the top one percent, but what we see in the middle market for everyday American consumers and households is that there's a massive business model for inertia, right? So overdraft fees, NSF fees are the risk premium that Americans are paying. So we believe that the American middle class, the ones that are unhappily banked, right? I mean, I don't think the United States really has an unbanked problem. I mean, there are, there are segments of unbanked and there's great solutions out there for them. But really, if you're a consumer of a credit union or a money center bank, there's probably only a handful that give you empowering mobile uh, solutions. Moneyline's promise really is that we're building for the gig economy worker, we're building for the teacher, the fireman, the cop, the union worker, um, so they can manage variable income and we're able to then use our technology to say, okay, if you needed a thousand dollar safety net, you have that available instantly. Uh, for our target addressable market, again, starts with a $40,000 household all the way up to $150,000 household. Uh, and that we believe is again, 100 plus million Americans at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely love how you guys are going after the middle class here. And like you said, a lot of these are in places that don't have these advantages and features. So like you mentioned that, I'll let you go, Chris. Awesome. So, you know, uh, let's dive into some products. So, you know, you, you started off, you mentioned crypto, right? And yeah. I, I'm going to start there because crypto is so hot, right? Tell us about the crypto offerings that Money Lion has right now and maybe what's ahead in the future. Yeah. So we've been studying crypto, as you can imagine, for a couple of years, right? So we, we, we've, we've studied the user behavior around Cash App and other kind of um, institutions where our customers have, you know, overlapping accounts with. And what we realize is that there's a lot of curiosity about crypto and it's been building up. 
Um, it, it was it was it was big last year, and then of course towards the beginning of this year when we saw you know sort of the volatility through through the, through the year, the the excitement as well as the trepidation around the volatility just increased. So we we found it as an opportunity to uh, to, to really create an education on ramp for crypto. And we we always take everything back to the north star, right? So uh, create financial access. Um, Eighty six percent of Americans have never touched crypto. It's still a product for those in the know. So when we looked at it, we said, wow, we can really demystify crypto. So what we've done is we've linked it into our digital bank account. Every time you swipe, you can round up into Bitcoin. You can round up into Ethereum. Uh, we've got multiple rewards capabilities where you can get cash back into it as well. So we think of it as just an extension of uh, America's best digital bank is, of course, you can round up into ETFs, but you can also round up into Bitcoin. And if you think about for the 86% of Americans who've never touched crypto before, what better way to learn about um, sort of the intricacies, the, 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 the price volatility, the price movements of Bitcoin, but to do it 17 cents at a time, right? And, and to do that, we've again had to build a lot of technology so it's seamless and integrated and the consumer doesn't even see sort of how all, this, all the settlements are happening behind the scenes. But, you know, um, at, at scale and high velocity, we're going to be one of the few uh, solutions out there with with every MasterCard purchase, you can round up into Bitcoin. Of course, you can trade, and of course, we'll be adding more coins down the line as we as we as we see suitability for our, for our customer base. But the idea initially is not to be a pro trading, um, you know, uh, destination, but rather an education tool for everyday Americans. Perfect. Love it, love yeah. Uh, I just want to add that I really do like how you mentioned about e even the smallest amount. I was actually speaking to someone this morning. Yeah. They were asking me, they asked me what I do. And I was like, talk investments. And they were wondering, you know, how do I get started? And I said, even the smallest amount can get you started. A lot of people are, are at home, you know, thinking, you know, I don't have thousands to invest. But yeah. even if it's hundreds or even if it's, I, I told them, even if it's $20, you just got to get started. So I like how you guys yeah. that roundup for crypto. Yeah, I love that roundup. You know, that, that's a great way to add in crypto to existing customers. Uh, another product that really stood out for me in the investor presentation is a Credit Builder Plus, right? We talked so much about credit ratings that people mm -hmm. have and how it impacts, you know, the ability ability to, to do a lot of things, right? So talk about this Credit Builder Plus that Money Lion offers. Yeah, so if you took, if you look back to our history, we launched a membership product in 2017. And the whole idea there was um, for a small monthly fee, we're going to give you the best of financial services, the best investment account, the best digital uh, bank account, more rewards, more analytics, more playback of exactly what you should be doing to live a better life. And what we realized was that, it, that the membership worked really well for consumers who wanted to come in and increase their credit score. So no one really looks at their three-digit credit score as like a as a daily pretty number. They look at it as you know what is my risk premium? What type of house can I live in? What type of car can I drive? You know how much uh, how much can I spend? So it's really your risk premium in American financial services, right? So it, it, it sometimes creates a lot of stress for people too, and we recognize that. So we created a product where. Um, you know, we open you an investment account. Um, we, of course, you get the best of our digital bank and we allow you to effectively borrow from yourself. So it's like a private bank type of product where, you know, if you wanted to take your art and your cars and take it to Chase and we'll give you a loan against it uh, at a very low rate. And effectively, it's that it, our customers don't have assets, but they have behavior. 
So we're allowing them to collateralize their behavior through the credit building program. Uh, it's a 40 plus point increase in the first 60 days of using the product. Um, and we see consumers usually use the membership for four to 10 months out of the year, and then they'll come back and use some of the a la carte products as well. Um, so from a impact perspective, and again, access and impact are, are really important to us from just a mission perspective. Um, for a segment of our population, it's an incredibly potent and powerful product to get them out um, into a better home, a better car, a better lifestyle uh, to, to increase that if, you, if, you, if you're kind of looking for a fast kind of jolt to your 620 FICO score and you want it to be 680 to just kind of qualify for that new apartment or the new home or the new car or what have you. Oh, definitely. I think this is an awesome product that you guys are bringing, especially at a time when we're in low interest rates, right? A lot of people are looking at the opportunity to go yeah. after a home here. And the first thing first, I mean, you got to pay attention to your credit. So I like that you guys are doing this. I myself, even I'm looking for a home. I might take a look at this. You know, 100%. Yeah. You know, I've been using different apps to try to tell me what to do, but I think this is even better. You know, that you're, you're talking about a 40, uh, 40 point increase if you go ahead and fill it and go with the product here. So this is definitely something that's going to be on a lot of people's radar. Absolutely. You know, now that you're going public, one of the big things investors want to know, right, is, you know, what's next? There's already these existing products, these existing mm -hmm. businesses. What's next for MoneyLion in terms of, you know, maybe product releases and, you know, customer acquisition? Yeah. So, you know, one of the things it took us a little bit longer than we'd expected to finish the DSPAC. It was a longer review process. Um, but despite not having the funds from the from, from the SPAC transaction, we actually significantly beat on our user acquisition numbers. Right. So we we uh, we projected uh, 2.5 million users by the customers using our financial accounts by the end of the year. We were already at 2.2 million, 2.27 million at the end of Q2. So what that was showing us was that there was considerable product demand, product market fit. Uh, the value proposition was resonating with our customers. Um, so as we go now uh, into the public markets, really one of our biggest um, you know, goals here is to continue taking our products to more and more Americans. It's really kind of increasing the awareness of the product. Uh, and there's lots of levers that we have. We've, you know, we, we've talked about crypto and buy, uh, credit, credit builder plus, but we're also incredibly excited about our buy now pay later product, right? Which is, you know, there's a lot of talk of course about, you know, a firm and Afterpay and many others out in the marketplace, but those are merchant centric products, great products. Um, uh, we're taking a customer centric approach to it where, Everywhere a MasterCard is accepted, you can choose either instantly or after the fact to pay it over four installments. And we, we believe, again, for our customer base, it's a very powerful product and we're already seeing good adoptions in sort of the alpha um, of that business. So again, it's, already, it's always thinking about where we're going next. And this is a great slide because we ultimately want to be an aggregator. So if you think about who's really an aggregator, it's Apple and Amazon, right? Because they've got a two-sided marketplace. They go from a platform of their own products to ultimately saying, we're agnostic if you want to buy batteries from Duracell or our own. We're taking a similar approach. So we've got our own financial accounts, banking, lending, investing, crypto uh, rewards. But we also have a big marketplace where you know insurance companies, other lenders, mortgage companies are putting their manufactured products onto our marketplace. Over time, we'll be agnostic because we want to be in the consumer advice business rather than the individual financial account business, because I think that's a commoditized area. You actually want to use financial accounts to drive a better outcome for the consumer. So as you think about you know, cross-sell and rolling out a new product, 
ultimately, um, you know, we're going to be user, using our public currency very strategically to, to, to really kind of grow the user base, but also to grow, grow our capabilities into becoming more of a daily destination, more of a lifestyle brand, where even if you weren't using our bank account or investment products, you'd find a lot of use by, in the content that we're producing based on your own, own financial transaction data. Perfect. So, you know, we recently got some uh, updated guidance from Money Lion. So, you know, raising guidance for the current fiscal year and next fiscal year. Can you talk a little bit about yeah. what led to the changes in raising this guidance for the company? Yeah, so it's uh, kind of what I was saying before, right? So as we looked at the end of Q2, there was overperformance in our ability to acquire consumers uh, efficiently. And we were doing it without actually, you know, kind of uh, the benefit of the SPAC proceeds. So, uh, as, as, as we as we look at on a monthly basis, kind of filling out the rest of the year, we feel very confident that the guidance that we gave earlier in the year for uh, adjusted uh, adjusted revenue for 2021 of 144 million to revise that up to 155 million. And then for 2022, if you just kind of roll forward um, the same trajectory of user growth um, in on, on very conservative assumptions around um, just kind of adoption rates, we're raising our guidance from 258 million next year in uh, adjusted revenue to 285 million, uh, which is a 10% increase. And that that we believe, you know, kind of given the performance we're seeing in the underlying business, uh, and we're really, really as a management team, we're, we're never really missed on these numbers. So we feel very good from where we sit today, from today's vantage point, as we come back with an, with an update to investors, um, that that's the expectation that we should have. Awesome. So, you know, we, we have you on. We're in the month of September. You mentioned a little bit of a delay in the vote process. We do have a merger vote date set of September 21st. Can you, you know, tell us why this is important to finally cross the finish line and remind shareholders how they can do their part in voting on this deal? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I mean, we're, we're, we're setting the vote for 21st and uh, we'll be trading on the ML ticker. If you remember, ML was the old, you know, Merrill Lynch ticker, right? So the bull is now the lion, if you will, right? So we're excited about kind of innovating in financial services because that was an iconic American institution. It still is a part of Bank of America, but we now take that ticker over and we, you know, we take that responsibility very, very carefully. And we actually do believe that this, you know, Money Lion's an innovation stock. It's a growth stock. It's 100% year over year growth, both LTM and in the future for the foreseeable future, while having a management team that is uh, incredibly unit economics oriented, right? So we're not growth at all costs. We're looking at unit economics on a daily basis. Um, and we believe that we're going to be one of those uh, public company stories where 60, 70, 80% of our total value is actually accreted for the benefit of public investors. All right. So now one thing I did notice was that on September 13, we're going to have a virtual investors conference for Moneyline. What can investors look forward to and why is it important? Yeah, look, so we'll have our management team on and we'll have our chief product officer give a demo of the product, which is really exciting. We'll, we'll kind of give you a uh, sneak peek inside in terms of some of the new things that we're working on as well, which are super exciting in terms of how we're, how we're melding lifestyle and uh, finance together. The details are at moneyline.com slash investors. It's open to everybody. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty seamless uh, Zoom link. Um, and we're excited about kind of spending some time with uh, both institutional retail investors there and showing you under the hood on more of the product side in terms of uh, really the power of the platform and um, how we'll be engaging our consumers over over time and how we'll be spending some of the proceeds from the from the transaction as well. 
Well, definitely, guys. You guys heard it here. September 13th. Mark it on the calendar. Money line with that investors conference. I'm definitely going to be there. I know Chris will be there, too. <laughs> so we'll be paying attention to that. Chris, uh, looks like we got some chat questions now. Let's go ahead. One of the things that we love doing here, D, is that we go to our investors and our users here in the chat. That's one of the great things of Benzinga TV. Right? So, Chris, looks like we got some questions. What do we got? Yeah, so, D, you know, we love going to the chat for questions here, and we've got some good ones. So we have a question from one of our loyal viewers, Sue, asking, do they provide services internationally? Can you talk a little bit about, you know, Money Lions International business and maybe uh, the growth of that ahead? Sure. So we are today, our consumer products are uh, United States only today. Um, you can expect us, of course, over time to grow into international markets. We actually, our largest office is in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. We've got over 200 engineers and data scientists there, but we don't currently offer products um, in, um, in regions outside of the U.S. But it's, it's certainly something that we would, we would look at as we grow even more in the next couple of years. All right. We got a great one here from Osaka. He's asking, uh, does the company anticipate trading of cryptos on their platform in the future? Um, so you can buy Bitcoin and Ethereum uh, broadly by the end of the month. It's in a pretty broad beta as we speak. But yes, you'd be able to do that. And one of the interesting things that we do is it's an instant uh, transfer of fiat into crypto. Uh, the, you know, the, the elegance is that you don't necessarily have to fund it from a third party source. You can use the Moneyline, wallet, Moneyline bank account to fund crypto instantaneously. So, you, you know, there's some efficiencies there as well. Excellent. That quick access. We got another one here, Chris. Yeah. So another question from Stu uh, asking how many customers they have now. And D, I'll follow up on that. Maybe talk about the percent of people that use more than one Money Lion product um, to give us, you know, kind of a customer yeah. base and that cross selling opportunity. So users is a um, is an interesting kind of concept, right? A lot of people play games with that. So uh, we actually have over eight and a half million registered users. And but but the number that investors really should hold us to is how many of them actually have your financial accounts? Because remember, we're in a lot of ways a platform. A lot of folks can come and just you, you can open a money line account and not necessarily use our bank account. You can just you know link your third party accounts and we'll give we'll pay you back a lot of free advice. So um, at the end of Q2, 2.3 million customers had a financial account with us out of the eight and a half million registered users. All right, looks like we got one last one from Solar here. I'm trying to pull it up on the screen, but I'll just go ahead and read the question. Oh, it looks like it was born. So how will they handle when people do not pay? Um, so of course, you know, will you have a repo division? How do you guys handle that when people default? Yeah, so, you know, our um, whole concept is around financial empowerment, right? Our tagline is here we roar. Um, you know, of course, there's an obligation to pay back, um, you know, loans when you take it. Um, but look, we're for consumer empowerment. We're, you know, we, we, we take a, a, a sort of a collaborative approach with our consumers in terms of really playing back to them the benefits of paying back, right? Of course, the impact on your credit score, of course, on your impact, ability to take credit from other folks down the line. Um, and generally the reason, uh, and the reasons behind it. So we've, we've got, you know, very, uh, a good relationship with consumers on that side, good default rates that are all publicly disclosed at this point. Um, and again, a, a collaborative approach with our consumers around, uh, repayments. 
Excellent. Well, uh, that's going to do it for our chat questions and start to wrap up. Chris? Yeah, you know, Dee, uh, we want to thank you, you know, for taking the time out. And you actually lucked out, right? You got Mitch and I both in person from Benzinga headquarters. This is the first time it's ever happened. So to get this Money Lion interview done, we, we did something special. Uh, but again, for viewers out there, we have Dee Shubay, the CEO, Money Lion, that company going public via SPAC merger, Fusion Acquisition Corp, ticker F-U-S-E. And that merger vote date is September 21st. D, thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and joining us on SPAC's Attack today. Thanks, guys. Really enjoyed it. Appreciate it. We'll have you back. All right. There you guys have it. Another exclusive interview right here on SPAC's Attack. You guys give us a big thumbs up. I'm seeing 73 likes. My goal today is 150. I need to mess with Chris later today. So if you guys want to see Chris get pranked, you guys give us some thumbs up. I definitely enjoyed that interview. Chris, what'd you get out of it? Yeah, you know, I, I love the different products they offer. And I mean, let's, let's talk crypto, right? I mean, all these fintech companies, if you're not in crypto, you're missing out. So to hear Money Lions say that they're already doing that and that roundup, Mitch, I mean, I, I love that, right? And as you said, people who maybe don't know where to start, you know, and also buy now, pay later, right? How many times the past two weeks have we talked about, you know, a stock like Catapult, right? KPLT, the buy now, pay later. And uh, talk about the money lion approach here, right? They're not going after the the uh, the merchants. They're just going to offer it to everyone, right? So you don't have to worry about, hey, does does Amazon accept buy now, pay later, right? As long as you're using that money lion card, buy now, pay later. So I, I love that approach from them too. So something to keep an eye out. And Mitch, they've got Catalyst coming up, right? They've got an investor meeting happening on September 13th and they have the merger vote date happening September 21st. So definitely one to keep an eye out this month. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're giving it here, BLPN, right? Buy now, pay later. Uh, uh, it is one of the things that we're hearing from multiple companies. Whenever you start hearing something like that, I think you need to really pay attention to what other companies can get some benefit from this? I think you're, you're definitely going to start seeing even, even, I mean, you heard what? You heard PayPal move into it, Apple. You're going to start seeing multiple people start taking this approach. And then Amazon taking the lead? Come on. We're, we're just getting started in this area. Let's take a look here at the chart here of views. Looks like we're trading underneath 10 still. So I'm, I'm excited about this opportunity. I, I really, you know, a, a lot of times we get interviews where um, after, the, after the interview, I'm like, nah, I probably wouldn't even look at it. I'll be honest. But then there's certain ones like we just went through and I could see the products actually working for the middle class, which is their target customer here. So what are you thinking, Chris? Yeah, I mean, their products seem very practical, right? They seem like they're items that people will use, right? They're not throwing products out there that don't have a use case. I mean, they, they've got that target market of the middle class and they're doing products that, you know, are, are relevant. So I, I definitely, you know, I'm watching this one. We're seeing a lot of sideways action on the chart. I mean, again, we do have that merger vote date. So I don't expect this one to see a ton of movement until we get closer to September 21st. But who knows, that investor conference on September 13th, you know, maybe they're waiting to, to share some new updates until then. Yeah, you know, one, one thing I definitely have to say is Sue is killing it today, you know. She's saying here, I'm looking for the next square and Fuse might be it. Honestly, I, I, I wouldn't be 
you're not wrong with that thinking, Sue. I mean, we're all probably looking for the next square. Um, I mean, square was trading at 42 just, uh, I think, a year or two ago. And now look where square is trading, guys. We're trading at 254, got to a high of 290. And so we're all looking for opportunities like this. And I appreciate you bringing up that stock, Sue, because it is very relatable here. All right, that's probably going to do it on the talk on money line. We're going to start wrapping up. We got about 10 minutes left, so we want to go ahead and take some stocks from the chat. You guys let us know what stocks you guys want to check out by hitting that like button and letting us know it's time for the ticker time. Let's go ahead and take a look here at the chat. What are you guys seeing out there? Looks like someone's talking about uh, Lucid. Uh, looks like they got a buy rating from Citigroup. Did, did we see that earlier? Maybe it just yep. came out. Yep. So that was in headlines. So yeah, Citigroup. And I mean, Citigroup's a big name, right? That's so Lucid getting that analyst note. Mitch, what's Lucid stock doing today? We're Looks like we're trading up. You know, one thing is this is very important. We got a hard turnaround on that shadow. Um, you know, we, we filled the shadow. We came up yesterday, and it, yesterday we started cracking back down. The big thing is that low holds here. As long as that low holds, that's uh, 1870. Today we went down to what? 1909. So you just want to make sure that that 1870 holds here, and we'll see if it gets back up above 20 i'll be looking for this one to get back above 21 that's when i'll start looking at it again to get interested for a long looks like blade is uh taking off more we might have to pull up blde we said we'd look at it again later on in the show what do we got for blde yep yep there it goes <laughs> it's starting to take off there guys and one thing i will let you guys know is i'm actually long on this name um, I, I've been, I've been trading this one since the live trading stream. And if you guys were here with us, let us know by getting that like button, but Hey, there you guys have it. I got myself a little winner here. Let's see what happens Let's see how far it can hold. I want it to close above $10. looks like we made a, a push towards 1050 here and, and we'll see if it continues to run. I did like the news catalyst. So what are you thinking here, Chris? Yeah, I mean, I, I like that news, right? These EVTOL, if you're a couple years away from revenue or getting approved by the FAA, you know, for customer flights, maybe you go after, you know, transporting medical items or maybe even, you know, goods for companies, right? Why not, you know, bridge the gap and get some revenue now? So I like that medical air acquisition by the company here. All right. So here's one. Uh, Carl's calling out. You know, Carl is always a, a loyal one here. Uh, he's talking about the body. It looks like it's at a good buying spot. That's what he's saying. Let's take a look. Let's see if he's right here. Um, one thing that I've been waiting for body is to start turning around on the weekly or monthly candles. Um, let's see if for any reason we are actually starting to get that turn. Uh, this one's actually trading down towards six dollars here the low is 655 i've been waiting for five dollars i've talked about it on body i definitely buy it there hasn't gotten to that level yet but we are starting seeing a little bit of a reversal double bottom look now now you're going to have a low of 655 and a low of 659 to go off of let's see if we get that reversal let's see on the weekly what, what are we looking like in the weekly it looks like a support hold here by seven if it can get back above seven and then create a bullish engulfing candle let's say going up to eight dollars or 850 that would be the look for right now i would stay away but hey if this is a buying spot for you that that's that's all good as long as you always manage your risk all right what's up uh what's the next one there chris you want to grab one which one do you want to do 
You know, I saw a lot of people mentioning IPOF. Um, So IPOF, we talked about last week, right? Mitch, how are we looking on volume for IPOF? Last week, we saw some heavy, heavy buying um, in this name, right? It looked like it was rumored. Um, But again, that rumor wasn't coming from a major source. It was really discussed, you know, amongst the Reddit crowd and online that there were some potential links to IPOF and, you know, a large social media platform. Um, but it looks like that volume has dried up a little bit in IPOF. So I don't expect a deal, um, you know, over the next couple of days, but I definitely think, you know, this is one to watch now trading closer to net asset value. Well, uh, like I always like to do, uh, what I would do is I, if I see this chart and I love looking at this chart, this is a one hour chart here. Um, one hour charts help you not see kind of that in between stage you know a lot of times people focus only on today and if you only focus on today you don't get this data you don't get the prior day where that boost was there and if you can clearly see we had one big rip on up we had a second big rip on up now we had that big wick right here that's that third try right this is is setting up a actual bearish pattern here. This is called a head and shoulders here. So the left shoulder, the right shoulder, the head right here. And what you need to get it back above is above that 1045. It needs to get back above that 1045 to really look bullish. Right now, it's looking like a broken down pattern on the one hour. But this could always change because one thing you need to do is look back in your time frame. On the daily chart, it shows what? It shows inside candle yesterday, hold on the support. As long as it can break out above that 1045, then that would be the level to watch to see it come back. But I think, you know, at the end of the day, this is moving off of rumors not news. And when the news comes out, it could be a sell the news moment versus a buy the rumor moment. All right. Next one I want to take a look at Blackjack talking about FTCV. Not a bad one to take a look at because I'm pretty sure sooner or later we're going to hear about their vote date. Uh, Chris, that hasn't been put out yet, right? No. So FTCV with eToro, I mean, definitely interesting play here, right? This is a fintech play. Um, also, you know, we've talked about that recent hire they made in the U.S., right, to really grow the platform here. And Mitch, one of the things we've talked about, right, is right now in the U.S., they're a crypto play, right? They're also do the copycat portfolios. But the sur- the surge in retail traders, a lot of people, right, want to buy and sell their own stocks, right? They want to do it on their own. They don't want to necessarily copycat someone. So right now you can't do that with eToro in the U.S., but that's coming this year. I mean, they have a, a major catalyst coming in the second half of this year, which I think sets up this merger, you know, nicely with that uh, catalyst playing out. Yeah, you know, one thing I'd, I notice is that... What you want to see is that news flow, right? I always try to stay with the news flow. I think you could possibly see them give out their merger date. Then as they get close to that merger date, then you see that release of that U.S. trading. So that could definitely give it that double bump up in a positive catalyst to get it out of this range. We'll see if that happens. That's what I'll be paying attention to for eToro or FTCV here. Definitely a, a good one to mention. Not a bad one to look at. LC Universe talking about VIH. Yeah, so VIH, I mean, this is a crypto SPAC deal, right? They're taking uh, back to public, right? Um, so this one got a lot of attention from some retail traders. Um, this one is pretty interesting. And again, there aren't a ton of pure play crypto platform companies out there. 
And now you're getting a SPAC deal to bring one public. So VIH definitely has been on my watch list, Mitch, you know, as I want more exposure to not just peer play, you know, crypto, but also the companies behind the crypto plays. So VIH uh, on watch, what do you think of the chart here? Yeah, I mean, it's a good looking chart as long as we don't break through, I think, that 1026. So I would look for actual pullback to that level. Maybe you hold towards a low of that 1018 that you get on this big uh, September 3rd candle. But I'd look for that pullback buy. It's looking interesting here. Did make a run towards 1240. The real question is, is we've been seeing multiple uh, SPACs make this big lift immediately and then just give it all back. Um, you know, that's what I'm wondering. So here it's all about risk and reward. Um, the reward to the top of that. Yes, it's it's definitely something that you might want to go after. The real key is you have to ask yourself, is this the risk for the right reward? I think, you, you know, after that 10, 20, you're risking about 20 cents looking for a move back up towards, let's say, at least 1160. So uh, more than a dollar on the upside. It has the right risk to reward. We'll see if it gets back there. That's V-I-H. Um, that's that's probably going to do it for us, guys. We're about to get towards 12 o'clock. We will get towards the power hour. I want you guys to let us know, hey, look at this. We're, we're in the same office. We want to get better, but we can only get better if you guys let us know in the comments who you want to see next so that we can reach out and get them right here on SPAC's attack. Anything you want to leave off with, Chris? No, I mean, and definitely smash the like. It looks like we didn't hit your goal yet. Uh, <gasps> we're, we're still under 100 here. I mean, Come again, on. talk about a special show. You got Mitch and Chris side by I mean, side. We did an interview together, right, well, where you I'm could see both blade. of us. Uh, you know, you're, you're getting catalyst here. You're getting ticker time. You're getting all the headlines, those two deals today. Um, but great show, Mitch. You know, it's, it's fun to be in person, fun to do this, you know, with you rather than just over the computer, you know, on that split screen. So definitely an exciting show um, and another exciting interview and exclusive here on SPACs Attack with Money Lion. Hey, guys. Well, I'm still long on the money line. Oh, not the money line. still long on the blade here. I'm going to be holding it to see what happens today. Um, we've had a couple of big, big runners. That's why I took my shot in blade today. You know, when you see the SPACs all tr start trading in a certain pattern, that might be the time where the SPACs transition for a small time into more trading vehicles. You see the traders start jumping at it. And then what happens is the, the daily traders get out of that stock and it becomes more of an investment. So this is why you got to watch the momentum right now. I'm seeing some momentum come into these SPAC names. I'm taking my chances. And like always, measuring my risk and sticking to the plan. Like always, guys, give us a thumbs up. Hit the subscribe bell below so that you guys can be notified. And I guess we will see you on the Power Hour coming up next, guys. Anything else, Chris? That's it. You know, join us tomorrow on SPACs Attack as always, 11 a.m. Eastern time. Who knows? Maybe you'll see us side by side again tomorrow. I mean, to be determined if we can get enough likes. So, um, but yeah, stay tuned. Power Hour coming up next. Don't go anywhere. All right, guys, like always, you can check out the boot camp this weekend. I want you guys to check it out. This is going to be a great educational time. I know that a lot of people, they can't learn while the market's open. And I understand that because at the end of the day, you know, we want to be looking at charts and seeing them trade. But I'm super excited to get towards the boot camp. This is going to be on Saturday starting at 9 a.m. Eastern, going all the way until 5. So, hey, if you can only stay for a couple hours, then come learn. If you can get here in the afternoon and, and stick for a, a couple hours in the late, 
you're going to get just as much out of it as everybody else. You guys check it out and I'll play a little trailer and then we'll see you at the power hour.